One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 26th of April. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance, and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I, ladies and gentlemen, am here with David Scott. Scotty, welcome back. It's Welcome to, back to the saddle. It's great to be back. I was a bit uh, a bit scratchy uh, today, uh, a bit nah. scratchy at the crease, but then managed to play through to uh, to to uh, lunch, and then uh, had a good uh, good afternoon session. So it's good to be back on board. Yeah, no, it's great to have you back. And uh, oh, I gotta say, your return did not inspire the equity market did, did, did <laughs> as it inspire, much as it did around the newsroom. Did it inspire anything <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. So uh, lackluster performance. You know, the Chai X two hundred down by about a tenth of one percent. Uh, yeah, what do you put the trepidation down to? Is it the fact that we've got some states on Anzac Day holiday? I mean, volumes have been relatively low for the past five weeks or so. I was reading in Nathan Somersandram's data, uh, deep data analytics mm. note uh, just yesterday. So, uh, yeah, what do you put it down to? I mean, there are a lot of risk events on the horizon. I think just a lot of good news is being priced. You know, I was just thinking back, back over the past four weeks that I've been off, has there been any really great movement? And, and at, a, at a top-down level, no, there hasn't. The, uh, the local equity market's gone and pushed a little bit higher, but uh, it's not a really good sign that we're seeing a drop-off in volumes. In an environment where you see higher higher highs with, uh, with a drop-off in volumes, I think markets are just starting to go get a little bit uh, Concerned that so much good news is being priced in, particularly when it comes to that uh, that vaccine rollout. That if it doesn't go to plan, uh, look, it could go and have a bit of an impact when it comes to the downside. So taking a bit of uh, no, no off the table, those who are still willing to go and buy at these levels, uh, there's some pretty big risk events ahead as well. So uh, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, we're always keeping an eye on equity markets. Uh, bond markets have certainly cooled down, and a lot of it has to do with just the. Uh, lower for longer mantra that all central banks are sticking. Well, I guess except for the Bank of Canada, as Annette writes about in her view today. But, uh, you know, we've got an FOMC. Everybody's just saying, don't expect much. Yeah. Oh, look, it's probably going to be a cut and paste largely. But uh, no, it's going to be more increasingly difficult uh, for the Fed to continue to go and push back, particularly when it comes to the quantitative easing side of the equation. There is oodles and oodles of reluctant quantitative easing central banks out there at the moment. They're doing it because others are doing it. And I think I get the sense that a lot of the central banks in particular are waiting for the Fed to go and give a signal themselves uh, as to when they would go and start tapering. Uh, we've seen the Bank of Canada already go down that path. A few questions are now being raised about the RBA and, uh, and RBNZ in that front as well. So uh, it's interesting, uh, really interesting to see that bond market. The, uh, the yields have come off. But I reckon it's only a matter of time till we see fresh highs in that space again. It's going to become well, of course, though, yeah. of course, oh, it's a matter of no, time I, before we see fresh highs no, in that no, space. But uh, I don't think everyone thinks that. 
No, wow. the, the, you talk about the secular stagnation, like, you know, the lower for longer mindset and everything else, the bull market in uh, bonds isn't over, the 40-year bull market or so, depending on which uh, way you go and look at it. But I really think that, I know, I'm not expecting there's going to be a huge backup in, uh, in rates because that will go and topple the whole system. But uh, at some point, the central banks have got to reflect the economic strength we saw on Friday night. The PMIs, either yeah. side of the Atlantic, really strong. New home sales, boom levels. Um, at some point, they have to go and acknowledge that. Yeah, of, of course. I just don't think... Uh, there's any rush right now and yeah i mean this is what i've been saying since the beginning scotty if you see bond yields rise it's reflecting what it should do which is an improvement in the economy that's what we want that's what all of this monetary policy and fiscal stimulus um has been about so it will happen yeah uh the urgency has been taken off the yeah. situation and we, and we know that there's so much focus on the labor market outcomes as well at the moment and of course you can't escape what's going on around the world particularly in india unfortunately with going on oh, the, uh, with COVID. the pandemic there is a and then that's kind of i think people are looking back at that and going well maybe it's not done a smooth sailing like we're all expecting to go and see so i think that probably explains why rates haven't really gone to move too much if not a little bit lower over the past month or so and also i think it's worthwhile and i oh, i can't find the tweet at this very second but even though unemployment is lower uh, than it has been through the pandemic um, poverty levels in the u.s are the highest so that's an interesting sort of uh, dynamic and one that you know that the central bank the fed has an eye close uh, are trained on yeah uh, okay let's move away from the big picture from macro let's get to stock specifics we saw nib holdings do really well today up by close to 11 percent you spoke with the ceo Mark Fitzsibbon, uh, it's still difficult for them to give future guidance because of COVID, but you know, you've got to say that things are going pretty well there. Yeah, policyholder growth is, uh, is pretty impressive, all things considered. Now, we know that there's a lot of uh, stimulus that's been sloshing around the economy, but uh, no, near 4%, given what we're seeing with population growth at the moment, that's nothing to scoff at. Um, claims are also running well below expectations. Now, the, the question I want to pose is like, you know, is that because of bottlenecks that we're seeing in the system? Because I, know, I don't know about you, Nadine, trying to get in some medical clinics to go and get things done at the moment. There's this huge backlog, so it takes time to go and process the whole way through. And I just wonder whether potentially that's uh, a, a factor there at play. He said it's not just that, but there's other things as well. Another really interesting point as well, you're seeing that premium rate increases get lots of attention and often well above inflation and particularly well above mm-hmm. income growth. Uh, that's not a sustainable uh, no, transit that you can go in, uh, over the longer term. I asked him about you know, ways to go and solve that. And there was interesting remarks to uh, how to potentially counter that in the near term. Okay, well, that interview is up online as we speak. If you'd like to listen in, if you think that NIB is a potential investment opportunity uh we had a couple of laggards today whitehaven call i didn't see any new, i didn't even see a broker note about whitehaven call although china yeah we know all of the bigger dynamics that are surrounding that blackmore's was one of the worst performers we had goldman sachs saying that there's still ner- near-term challenges from all the discounting and international travel restrictions that continue to overshadow the longer-term picture for Blackmore's, and you can probably say the same for, you know, A2 Milk and all of those that yeah. are reliant on that Diagu channel. Yeah, given the, uh, the let's go and say, a re-escalation, maybe even greater escalation in tensions between the countries uh, following the news last week uh, about the Belt and Road Initiative being scrapped here by the federal government in Victoria, I just wonder, I think that the people are looking at uh, those sectors that are easy for, uh, for China to go and replace with alternative sources, and that's probably been reflected a bit today. Yep. Well, we are making our way toward the bank reporting season here. And so we've been having a few conversations about the banks. And we did so today with Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. You can listen to that interview via the show notes. And also why Money 3 
is a buy for Michael. He looks at things, well, he does look fundamentally, but I think it's probably a chat on the technicals. Scott Phillips, CIO at The Motley Fool, talks about three stocks for a strong stomach. And that is accessible by the show notes. Strong stomach? Yeah, I know. I I actually didn't. Ah, Okay, so Motley Fool, who says short-term moves do not matter for long-term investors. So he is not concerned at all, apparently, by the sell-off that we saw continuing today. I can always bring it back to the news, Scotty. For Kogan, Kogan off by 4.5% today. So I guess Scott Phillips has got a few names that uh, you shouldn't get spooked by i suppose any short-term sell-off iron ore is the focus of a conversation with joel parsons from drakewood capital management boy one thing that has continued since you've been off um iron ore prices yeah, pretty my, incredible. Uh, my short iron ore long uh, base metals trade is looking a little bit iffy at the moment, but uh, no, it's not uh, not uh, anything to say. But I'm like I think with most other people as well, really surprised with the strength that's coming through. Chinese steel production and demand is just mind-blowingly strong at the yeah. moment, uh, and people are talking about you no know, pullback in that sector because the Chinese uh, economy is largely recovered and actually gone and moved beyond uh, the size it was prior to the pandemic. Uh, but it's just phenomenal. And you look at what's going on with steel prices around other major markets as well. All these uh, countries and governments are, are rolling out to infrastructure investment and steel is just going like hotcakes. So uh, the old iron ore, the red dirt is, uh, is doing all right for the time. Being as I uh, just was walking into the studio to do the podcast, uh, Dallian Iron Ore yeah. up about 4% and at record highs and uh, SHFE uh, hot rolled coil and, uh, and rebar futures in, in Shanghai. Both at record mm-hmm. highs as well. It's uh, it's all happening. So yeah, the uh, no the, the coal story is a bit interesting as well. That's uh, flow on effects that might go through to other bulk commodity mines. And uh, when you talk iron ore, that reminds me, budget is coming up. Budget May eleventh. As a reminder. <laughs> Write it in your calendars. Uh, we'll remind you plenty between now and then. And just as a PS to the iron ore story, I mean, Fortescue is up by close to 5% today. Bell Potter saying the the specter of dividends coming from Fortescue Metal outweighs any sort of prospect of seeing that iron ore price coming off. So it actually has a buy on Fortescue Metals. Well, I spoke with a couple of our guests today about whether they'd be buying McGraw, McGraw Real Estate, M-E-A is the ticker code. On the call, Nathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Well, I'm not going to give it away. Take a listen to what they had to say about stock of the day. So this is not only a cyclical business. It's a business that has struggled um, to, to, to remain intact. Um, and the problems with it haven't just been problems of not enough listings. They're clearly having trouble, or they've had trouble to attract talent. They have a large bank of properties for which they um, control the leases for, and they mm-hmm. take a cut of those leases. That's an extremely attractive cash flow, and that um, is reliable. So you can, you can bank on that. You can value that. And that's, that's an attractive part of McGrath. But um, there is a cyclical recovery here for sure. And, and as I said, there's, there's attractive asset backing. Mm-hmm. So the stock is likely to go higher. But for me, it's not, it doesn't really fit with, with the strategy that we're trying to deploy at II. Almost everything that can go good for the sector is in play right now. Can it get any better? I doubt it. Because if you look at the banks, who are the lenders to all this property market, the bank bill swap rate is actually at the cash rate after six months. Now, that's telling me that you've seen the bottom. Inevitably, this is going to keep going higher. I I hate to be late to the cycle because you're basically funding the other guy locking in this profit. Uh, So don't go late to the cycle. Look for things that are actually recovering and early in the cycle of their recovery period. Probably every stock out there is priced in. 
So that was a pretty resounding no, not going in the portfolio, Scuddy. Uh, look, if you'd like to hear what John McGraw has to say himself, he's the founder, of course, of McGraw Real Estate, you can do so. Um, just, just go to the website. It's there. Basically, I mean, acknowledging that, yes, things get tough when the market starts coming off. And while you're away, you might have um, missed that Westpac has brought forward some of its house price forecasts. So 15% growth this year. But, Scuddy, when macroprudential uh, regulations are introduced in 2022, they're only now expecting 5% in 2022. So still getting to that 20% magic number that they called a couple months ago, but just bringing it forward to 2021. Actually, I did. Uh, I was aware of that. Not because I read it, but uh, one of my uh, family members was I uh, wanted to go and talk all things property with Scotty. <laughs> I didn't want to go and talk about it, uh, but uh, he was quite excited uh, with the prospect of some big gains, including the Adelaide market. So, yeah, uh, right. Was, yeah, it was, everyone gets excited when you hear like an upside, but when it's like you no know, downside price, we see everyone's like yeah. up, uproar, but this is Australia. You can't all. escape talking about property in Australia, even if you are on paternity leave, Scotty. Gosh, you should know that by now. Uh, so tomorrow, who's on? Well, great. Great day. Great way to start the day at Moya. He is Senior Market Analyst at Awanda. He joins us live from New York to wrap the U.S. session. And we get some news from Tesla tonight. Just a reminder, FYI. Also, Elon Musk. I thought of you. He's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. Never really struck me as a very funny person, personally. But the writers at SNL are, uh, are on point. So we will see. Well, all I saw from him over the, the period was basically spruiking. Uh, no, Doge Maybe he is life. funny. Maybe that's his twisted sense of humor. Well, you can go and uh, impress me one way or another. So uh, the challenge we'll find is there, out. Elon. Okay, I digress. We'll be speaking with Hayden Dimes. He's an economist at ANZ. We've got Steve Johnson, CIO of Forger Funds on at one thirty. Hope you can join us for that. And at 3.30, we'll be joined by Mark Tobin. He's founder of Coffee Microcaps. Microcaps are pretty hot. We'll see what he's got in his portfolio, what he's got on his watch list. And um, I'd like to pick up a conversation with him that I had with Nathan and Gorav today about some of the some of the risks right now as the cycle changes when it comes to the small end of the market. Okay, so that's a little bit of a preview for tomorrow, tonight as well. Scotty. Like riding a bike with you. That was fun. Yeah, first day back. So hopefully, I know <laughs> only upside in improvement from here. <laughs> here's, here's hoping. All right, get a good night's sleep, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.